reading from the 11th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning with verse 1. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, Three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. The six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa, and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how He had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then, God gave them the same gift that He gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced. And they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to Gentiles the repentance that leads to to life. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Very important question for you. Have you ever felt like you didn't fit in? Anybody? Anybody? What, what, what about y'all? You ever felt like you didn't fit in? Like everybody thought you were weird or something? It happens, doesn't it? Yeah, show up, feel like everybody's looking at the clothes you got on. You love it, but you know they don't. Y'all felt that way? I feel that way when I put my puffy white dress on. What about y'all? Y'all ever felt like you didn't fit in? Hard feeling, isn't it? I was thinking about these graduates. Thinking about high school. 
Man, what a torturous thing high school was, wasn't it? Trying to fit. Everybody felt like they had to fit in. And who in the world are we trying to fit in with a bunch of losers just like us? Listen, people, when I went to high school, were wearing nylon pants with zippers all over them. The popular people wearing nylon pants with zippers all over them, or they were wearing these fancy little khakis with a duck head on them. And they had on these weird colored shirts that looked like something out of a box of chalk pastels like the kids color on the ground with. Remember that? And you know what I thought? I don't want to be popular if that's the cost. But still, I wanted to fit in. If you went through that, you remember wanting to fit in too, don't you? Wanting to have a place that you knew you belonged and where you would be accepted, maybe not affirmed, but at least accepted and welcomed with some kind of grace that would acknowledge that you were a fellow human being with struggles that all human beings have in common. Am I right? More than anything else, that might be the modern human condition that we have a deep desire to fit in but no real communities to plug into. Because what I remember sitting in school is that all the popular kids would talk about each other in the other classes. You remember that? They would be sitting there talking about so-and-so, and and I was just in a class with them and -and so-and-so when they were hanging all each over each other like they were sisters. And then an hour later, they were talking about how horrible and fake she was. And people were wanting to fit in with that. But so goes the way of the world. Everything that is sold to us is sold to us with the idea that if we buy it, we are entering some kind of community. That's why Chevy truck owners pick on Ford truck owners. And Nissan truck owners know we're better than all of them. (laughs) Or people who have a certain kind of boat laugh about people who have the other one or people who go to Methodist churches pick on Baptist churches about how much they like to eat but I've watched y'all eat y'all eat (laughs) we're all looking to fit into something and trying to make community for ourselves with things and titles and cars right cars are sold to us as a way that we enter into a community I can go and buy myself a fully electric vehicle and save the planet except for all the coal that's got to be burned to charge it and the lithium that's got to be raked out of the ground to make the batteries. And God knows what we're going to do with all the toxic batteries in 20 years. But we're sold that we're entering into a community that has a purpose and we jump in it with reckless abandon without thinking about it. That's how our political parties work. They sell us whatever we want to hear so that we will give them power Because we fit in with them. But you know what? We don't really fit in with them because they're the ones that have the power, not us. Used to be different back when Americans believed in liberty and didn't want a king. But this is the world we're thrust into in a modern age that somehow we've got to go along to get along that we have to take up whatever cultural aspersion there is as our own so that we can fit in with everybody and be liked. That's rubbish. The church is called to be countercultural and always has been. The church is called to welcome the unwelcomed. 
to take in those people who don't fit anywhere else and prop them up and say, we love you. How do we know that? How do we know that that's part of what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ? This story is a good step in that direction. Cornelius surely didn't fit in in a Jewish church. The first church was made up of Jews. Maybe a Gentile here and there on the periphery. But that first group of disciples were primarily Jewish people. And they had been taught that God had chosen them and set them apart. And that's exactly what you find in Scripture. And they had been given all sorts of laws and dietary restrictions and things that they couldn't do for the purpose of distinguishing them from the community around them. And so that people would look and see that there's a community that God has set apart to show the world how to live a life pleasing to God, pleasing to our Creator, to live a life that is life-affirming. Y'all with me so far? Cornelius doesn't fit into that because he's a Roman centurion. He leads an army that's an, an occupying force whose purpose is to put down Jewish dignity. His job is not to go and get converted and start following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His job is to keep all the gods of Rome and to keep the people in his area in check. He has a guard of 100 men that he's in charge of and their purpose is to keep rebellion from rising up. Not to go and join the people that they are oppressing. But apparently, he's trying to figure out where he fits in in life. And so he's been praying reaching out to a God he doesn't fully understand or yet know. And God sends an angel to him and tells him, go send for Peter. And so he sends for Peter. And in the way God sometimes seems to work, even in this modern world, through a thing some people call coincidence, God is at the same time preparing Peter for the idea that there are some people who are coming who ain't like him, but he should go with them anyway. Now most of the time, when the opportunity is presented to us to hang out with people who aren't like, with us, like us, we recoil in displeasure, right? I am an introvert. Doing this right now makes me tired. Getting from front people and talking... I'm not real crazy about showing up to something I'm not going to know people at. I went to the fly-in this morning. I tried to hang out one person at a time. Because it's just, you know, it's hard. I don't know how to explain it. It's in my brain. Don't blame me. It's just how I am. Oh, by the way, Rock said to tell you that all the sinners were staying over at the fly-in. <laughs> told him I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that, but he said it, not me. But those people that are over there still at that thing. That community that flies to different places and lands, they do that because they found a place where they fit in. Cornelius was looking for that. He was looking for a place where he could be received in a life-giving way. And that's what he finds. 
Peter comes to him. But only after being given a vision of these animals that he knows he can't eat. It's like, you know, maybe your doctor's told you not to go to Burger King, but, you know, you look at it every time you go by and say, well, doctor says I can't go to Burger King. But imagine that like ten times heavier. For Peter to eat these other animals defiled him as a follower of the God of Israel. Not because eating those animals was sinful in and of itself, but because he was called to set himself apart and be an example of what it means to give something up and follow God. But God puts these things in front of him, and Peter says, no, I can't eat that because it's essentially, he's saying it's unclean. And what God told Peter is, don't call something trash that I have called worthy. Don't call something unclean that I have called clean. Don't say that something can't be interacted with that I have said can. And then God tells Peter, when these guys get here, you go with them. So Peter goes. And he encounters Cornelius and he presents the gospel. And in that gospel, Cornelius hears the words that he had been longing to hear. Words that would bring him and his family to life. And he finds a place where he can fit in. And that's what God wants for all of us, dear ones, all of His creation. It's through our faith in Christ that we come to be children of God and are caught up in God's family. We are adopted as brothers and sisters of the Lord Jesus and caught into God's family and accepted into something no matter what, who, or how we are. We are accepted. Because of a gift that God gives. And that gift is repentance. There will be some who will teach that this story means that God just receives us as we are and leaves us that way and however we are doesn't matter. But that's not what really happened. What happened is the church heard Peter's story and they said, man, that's amazing. God has given the gift of repentance even to the Gentiles that they can turn from following after destruction and death and sin and turn and follow after life through the living God. It's not just an invitation for us to come to something that we fit in just like we are, but to come to someone, to come to someone who will liberate us from all the insecurities that cause us to think that we can't fit in anywhere in the first place. To deliver us from the sin and death that haunt our consciences and call us to feel like we're less than other people. To limit in us our self-destruction and our self-loathing and to heal us of it and bring us to a place where we can see ourselves as worthy of God's love because God has said, I love you. And so Cornelius was brought to a place of repentance. From turning away from the false gods of Rome to the living God, to bowing his knee to the God of the people he was sent to oppress. And he was transformed. But another group of people were transformed as well. There was more in metanoia, repentance. Metanoia essentially means that we have a change of mind. 
a change of heart, if you will, that our heart and mind, our soul are turned to the living God instead of the things of the world. And the church itself was affected by Peter's experience because they too had a change of mind about these things. As they said, as, as the word of Acts says, when they heard this, they were silenced. They wanted to say to Peter, Peter, the mark of belonging to our community is circumcision. The mark of belonging to our community is keeping Torah, keeping the law, keeping the Ten Commandments. The mark of belonging to our community is proper etiquette and proper behavior and proper stylized worship. The mark of belonging to our community is fill in the blank. But what they were confronted with was that the mark of belonging to our community is baptism and repentance. What they were confronted with is that the mark of belonging to our community, to the community of Christ, is a desire for Christ. The mark of belonging to the community is the desire to know the living God. And that they saw in this story. They saw it in Peter's story of what had happened between him and Cornelius' family. And it says, when they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying, listen to this, God has given, given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. This people that they had been set apart from. That all of their collective religious memory told them they shouldn't have anything to do. They couldn't go into their house and eat with them because they would be eating with people who were defiled and eating the food that had defiled them. They had been taught that tradition of their religion. And what they learned that day is that the people who fit in with the church are the people whom God has given the gift of repentance. And the power of determining who that is does not lie with the church, but with God. Do you hear that? What things have limited our evangelism? What people have we looked at in the community and assumed that they wouldn't fit in so we don't invite them to come and hear the Word of God? What people have we looked at and said, well, they wouldn't respond, so we haven't invited them to come and hear the word of eternal life? What people have we looked at and said they are undeserving of God's love and favor? We don't get to determine that. That power rests with God, but there is, there is still, there is still an edge. While we accept everyone, we cannot affirm everything. Because we know that we are a people who have repented of our own sin and turned to the living God. And we know that the true blessing, the true moment of fitting in is when we give up on our own life and take up the life of Christ. We know that the true blessing of being the church comes when we die to self and to new life in Jesus. The true grace 
is our baptism and our renewal in the image of Christ. But dear ones, what God has clearly made known in this story is that gift is available for everyone who will come. Everyone. So just like God told Peter, I would say to you, make no distinction between yourself and another. But share the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone who will listen. Don't look at them and say they're not the right color for our church. They're not the right gender for our church. They're not the right orientation for our church. They're not the right wealth class for our church. Because what Jesus teaches us through this story, what, what Peter would say to us, is that kind of thinking is wrong-minded. Because what Christ has done is for all people. And that, dear ones, is what Peter learned in the house of a Roman centurion. In the house of a man who was sent to oppress his own family. The power of God at work. Transforming the heart of Peter. Transforming the life of Cornelius. And transforming the heart of the church. To look and see that Gentiles didn't have to be received as second class members, but could come in and be received by a loving God who will transform and heal them of sin and death. That's good news, dear ones. The idea that we are all accepted just as we are may seem like good news, but if it comes with the second part of God leaves us as we are, then it is not good news. The good news is that God gives us pardon from our sin, but God also works in us the power to be healed of our sin, to be renewed and remade, to love God and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And even indeed, as we heard in the gospel this morning, to love others as Jesus has loved us. It may be difficult. It may stretch us. It may challenge our assumptions. It may remind us of the ways that we have not yet yielded to the way of God. But dear ones, it's worth it. To ponder these things and be confronted by them is good for the heart of the church. We, the church of Jesus Christ, must be a place where people can come and feel the love of Christ for them. May God make it so. Amen.